Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, back with another episode for y'all. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking about one of the ways that I deal with grief and shame and guilt. Uh, but before I get started, I want to thank everybody for the support. I like to always do that. And just to let you know that it's really appreciated. And with that said, I'm going to jump right into this. Oh, let me say another thing, too, before I get to it. Uh, keep your eyes open and looking out. Um, sometime in the near future, hopefully within the next month or so, I'm going to have my YouTube page up so that you can uh, go there and listen as well as on my podcast. So just keep that in mind. You know what I mean? So let's get to uh, one of the ways that I deal with uh, guilt, grief, shame, all of those types of things. But before I get to that, let me give you a little context as to why uh, I want to talk about this today. Um, for those of you that don't know, I faced the death penalty. I went to an actual death penalty trial and I was found guilty of the charges, but during the penalty phase of the trial, for those of you that don't know, uh, when you are tried for the death penalty, it's like having two trials. One to determine guilt or innocence, the other to determine life or death. So in the first phase of it, I was found to be guilty of the charges. In the second phase, I was found to be uh, not given the death penalty. Let's say it like that, right? I had four people say no, eight people say yes. All you need is one person to say uh, no and you don't get it. It has to be a unanimous decision. All right. <clears throat> now, during that process, I, um, and I know a lot of people might find this hard to believe, but I wanted my um, victims to get justice. Uh, deep down, I knew I was wrong. For what I had done and I wanted them to get justice but at the same time I wanted to live and it was hard for me to you know try to reconcile my emotions because to them and what I was getting from the prosecution side justice for them would mean me being found guilty and given the death penalty and ultimately being put to death and like I said I wanted to live so from that whole process, for years, for years, uh, I dealt with a lot of shame and guilt uh, because they didn't get what they wanted, and I did. And I felt as though I had victimized them again. And that's not what I wanted to do. So uh, how did I come to being able to deal with that shame and guilt? And I think this is important because a lot of people that commit violent crimes, uh, especially murder, uh, because you can't fix that. I don't care what you do. I don't care what the justice system goes about doing. There's no way that you can bring a person back, you know? So how do you, how do you get to that point to where you can deal with that and live with that without the shame and guilt of the, uh, that I felt anyway from the process? And what I learned, it was a hard lesson for me to learn, uh, is I had to re-examine, re-imagine, redefine, or come to understand a different understanding. Let me say that, come to understand a different definition of what justice is, right? So let me read to you what Webster says justice is, right? It's like four different definitions, four or five different definitions for justice in this Webster's. The first one, it says the principle or ideal of moral rightness, equity. In the second one, well, let me talk about that first. In that, uh, what I'm getting out of that is that 
that moral rightness, that equity, is something that's going to be fair and just, right? But who determines that? Who determines what's fair and just when somebody has died at the hands of another and the system says we're going to get justice for the victims through this process? And that's one of the definitions for justice, the administration and procedure of law. And the law says in those situations that death is justice. And me wanting my victims to receive justice and me wanting to live, it just made me feel worse because they felt worse after I was found to be not given the death penalty. But over the years, I learned that there's another way to approach justice. And that's what I did. And let me read that to you. Conforming to moral rightness in conduct or attitude. Righteousness. Right? I learned to conduct myself in a righteous way. It took a lot of time. Don't get it twisted. If you've been listening to my podcast, you know that this was not an immediate transformation. It took me years to get to this point. But during the time that I was struggling, trying to understand and reconcile my emotions... Uh, I was still dibbling and dabbling in what I was dibbling and dabbling in, right? And I think that is what a lot of people that commit violent crimes do. We have a hard time reconciling how we feel and wanting to be held accountable. Understand what I just said. We have a hard time reconciling what we feel, wanting to live, wanting to have another chance at life, when we've gone far and beyond and we've denied that opportunity to somebody's loved one, we still want to live. So we can't cope, we can't rationalize, we can't reconcile what's going on, so we decided to give up and continue to participate in the criminal lifestyle. And it took me years to get to this point to where I was like, enough is enough. Do I have to approach the definition, the understanding of justice, the way that I've been told that I have to, and the answer is no. So what I did was I changed my attitude, my conduct, and I tried to live a righteous life. It's a continuing struggle, but it has helped me to to deal with the grief and the guilt and the shame that I used to experience daily, that I used to use as an excuse to continue to participate in the criminal lifestyle. And I hope that by me sharing this, that others that might be experiencing what I experienced or have a family member that might be experiencing this or have a family member that don't understand it, you can take what I'm saying to you and talk to them about this and say that, look, you can approach this from a different way and move beyond that because there's absolutely nothing that you can do to change the past. Nothing. What you can do is be better going forward. And by being better going forward, I mean change your conduct, change your attitude. To do that, you have to change the way that you think. And it has helped me to see the world different, to accept responsibility for what I did, and not be constricted to that narrow definition of what, or understanding rather, of what justice is, that put me in a situation or position to where I was constantly in a state of shame and guilt. It kept me in that box when I looked at it from the way that the system looked at it and the way that a lot of people look at it. I just 
I didn't understand how to give, how to be uh, whatever it was that my victims wanted me to be, being punished or whatever. I didn't know how to do that and still want to live at the same time. I felt ashamed because I wanted to live because I had denied that to their loved one. And that was extremely hard for me and I can't imagine that I'm the only person that has experienced that. They may not, those individuals that may have committed the similar crime that I have, they may not understand what they're experiencing, what they're feeling. But I have come to understand it. And I've come to learn a way that I can cope and deal with it. And I hope that by sharing this uh, view of things with you, that you'll be able to take this information and use it in a way that'll be uh, positive and productive for the person that you love or yourself so that you can move on. You know, it's not about forgetting your victim. It's not about forgetting what you did. It's about moving forward in a way that does not glorify that mindset, that lifestyle, uh, that behavior that caused you, me, to take someone's life. We have to move past that to do better. We can, If we continue to live in that space that uh, is full of that shame and guilt and use that as the excuse to continue to uh, live the criminal lifestyle, whether we uh, do it in another way or not, we're continuing to victimize the people, the families, the people that are involved in the justice system that have pledged their life to in the pursuit of justice. We continue to victimize all of those people over and over and over and over and over and over again. And we have to get past that. It's beneficial to us and it's beneficial to them. All right? Just wanted to drop that on you real quick. I know you, you might be riding in your car going down the road, but look, this is something worth listening to. When you get home, I want you to listen to it again. Share it with your friends and families. You know what I'm saying? On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you do out there. You know, I don't really know much about those things. But I really appreciate you listening. And this has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, the crime critic. It's peace, y'all.